recording from Title One Studio in Sandy, Utah. Welcome to another episode of Your Home. Hello, I'm the Silver Dollar Man. And I'm Brenda Johnson. Get cozy as we interview experts in the real estate community. They'll be sharing their knowledge on how to secure a house for your home. So subscribe and listen to us on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month. You don't want to miss it. We are delighted to welcome Trent Eskandon, an experienced real estate professional with Equity Real Estate Solid, to this episode of Your Home. And Brenda, with a reputation that precedes him, Trent is consistently recognized as a top producer in his brokerage and has been on the Salt Lake Board of Realtors Top 500 Agents for five consecutive years. This guy is the real deal. I didn't realize that you had been all five years in the top 500. I have. You yeah. don't announce that all over the place like a lot of agents do. <laughs> Once a year I do. Once a year on Instagram. But yeah, it's not a... I mean, it's a cool, it's a cool accomplishment, I would say. No, that sure. is. There's how many licensed real estate agents in the state of Utah? Like 10,000? I think there's 10, somewhere around 10,000, 9 to 11,000 maybe. But so... So Trent, how did you get into real estate? I loved real estate from honestly high school on, I would say. Took a different path as far as a career goes out of high school. Ended up uh, working for the government, the FAA. I did air traffic control. Speed that story up. Five years into that career, my wife said, you need to be selling real estate at the same time. And I'm like, yeah, okay, let me... Let's add Let me that, do that on to this, you know. <laughs> pressure job. Yeah, I'd gone through training in this high-pressure, stressful job, and it was like, let's add something else to the fire, so why not? So, went and got my license, and thankfully had a couple of coworkers that wanted to sell, like probably most agents start out. They have real limited SOI of people, or either they have their cousin or aunt or sister that wants to sell, and those transactions went well. And then I branched out into, you know, everybody else I knew. I feel like I'm a, I know I'm a social person. I know a lot of people and it just made sense. The catalyst for that, about that same time, we had sold our first house and had hired uh, an agent. And I just always felt like, man, I could do a better job than that. <laughs> Most people have had that experience maybe. Yeah. That lit the fire as far as go, going forward and getting the license. And so did that and the rest is history. I'm in my eighth year uh, this year and have been building ever since. I mean, as far as my transaction counts and business has grown like year after year. So I'm very grateful for that. So. Well, and not only have you been in the top 500, but you've been in the top 500 while you were holding down a full-time other yeah. job. A lot of agents, a lot of agents uh, actually know me as that. Oh, that you're the controller. You're like, I've heard about you. I've heard about you. How do you do this? It takes a, like a great team. Of, I got to throw a shout out to my wife. I mean, she holds the fort down. She's there for the showing, just everything. I mean, she's awesome. So my mind, though, is like designed from air traffic to just be very efficient in things. And so I look a lot of the systems that traditional agents will take as far as, you know, how they do things and their approach to things. And I was able to tweak that in my favor. I felt to just continue to grow and expand and be successful and continue to just get those reps in and get those sales. And it's been a ride. It's exciting. And so now, yeah, I, I ended up uh, leaving that job in October. And so this is my full-time thing now, which I'm excited for. So no pun intended, but you ditched the FAA, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I ditched the job. FAA. 
I ditched it and uh, want to focus on this. So, so what uh, was the draw to real estate in high school? Do you have family members that are in the, cause that's most of the time what we see is it's, we see generations of people in real estate. Did, right. Do you have that background? Or so is there- I had a close family friend who was a broker from the time I was young. And I remember being in his office, like at a younger age, and he was a CEO at a hotel and just how he carried himself, how he spoke. I remember being in his office and all the whiteboards. And I remember seeing like, I guess they were MLS sheets and yeah. just talking about things. And he was just in that space. And I was drawn to how he spoke to people. And I felt like he just had this ability of the art of the deal. I mean, he just could broker things. And so I watched him growing up and that probably was the biggest seed planted. And then my dad ended up getting his license. And so it just all led up to this point eight years ago to, hey, let's make this happen and go for it. It's exciting, you know, to get to know people. Sure. I mean, buying a home, buying real estate is the largest purchase that most people do. Like we all know that that's a cliche thing to say, but it's true. And so I just felt like I could communicate in a way to people that they would like resonate with the non-pressure tactics and just a wealth of knowledge really from just how people work in terms of negotiation and closing deals and having both parties be happy with the outcome. That was just something I felt I was good at. And so I've just tried to perfect that with every deal I do. Sure. So do you have a favorite transaction? (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe a least favorite transaction. (laughs) There's a, well, in the, so in the craziness, the last, you know, two, three years, as you guys know, I mean, when we were talking about people giving their firstborn away, earnest money to the sky, I did have, and I've talked to multiple top producing agents that sell some higher end listings. And I've asked what earnest money was typical, you know, if you're talking three, you know, minimum three million to 10 million, like what would you see? And I had a listing in Riverton. So this must've been middle of 2021 had multiple offers. I think we had four offers. It was a 790 house, if I remember correctly. And two of the offers came with 200,000 non-refundable earnest money upon acceptance. Wow. Waved appraisal, waved everything. I mean, literally saw the home. So it was ironic that both parties, that was me not talking to them, 200,000 on two separate offers on the same house was the non-refundable money. And I was shocked. So, I mean, you're talking, those are, that's earnest money, you know, for 10, $15 million price tag homes that you would expect to see. And so I just remember thinking, this is crazy. I mean, it was just every day, if you weren't putting $10,000 non-refundable down on a house in Rose Park or West Valley for 450,000, you didn't have a chance. I have plenty of those stories, but when they say it's not over until the fat lady sings, like it's a fact. You don't, you, you never count a deal being done until <laughs> yeah. that money is it's in, in the, the bank. bank. It's recorded at the county. <laughs> We're at recorded at the county. Uh, my client had signed and sellers had signed and he was just leaving the title company to go wire. It was a cash deal and just going to wire the rest of the funds to the title company. And I get a phone call. And he says, I'm not doing this. I'm not buying this house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, didn't you sign it at 11? He goes, yeah, I signed, but I'm not doing it. And he walked away from his, I think he had 10 to 15,000 earnest money. And that was an, uh, a sad phone call to make. I felt, you know, so much empathy for the, the sellers, sellers because it was one of those domino effects where they needed these funds oh. to go to their next stage. And so... 
he gave no real rhyme or reason. Just, I'm not buying it. And <laughs> he didn't hear the fat lady sing. He, oh yeah, he didn't. So yeah, calling that, calling that poor listing agent. And I had already texted him. I said, yeah, you know, we had signed. It was common. You know, it's common to keep them up to date on what's going on. Yeah. And he just said, no, thanks. Well, so what are some of the biggest challenges you see today for the home buyers? The market's been changing. Absolutely. I mean, interest rates, right? That's the biggest hurdle right now, definitely, especially for first-time buyers. And any, even for buyers, any buyer, right? Money's expensive right now. For first-time buyers, it's hard to, you know, when they're looking at a price point that's even 100000 lower than the median home price in Salt Lake County. It's in the low fives now, I believe, as right. of January. You're talking a $420,000 townhome. Let's say no HOA. Their FHA rates six and a half to you know seven right now. Their payment at three and a half percent down is like thirty three hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, thirty three hundred dollars per month. It's sticker shock. And honestly, it's not it's beyond sticker shock. It's just not doable, right? The affordability piece is the biggest hurdle, no question. And there's some things that we in the industry try to help alleviate that, right? You have this these two one buy downs that lenders can offer. They've always been around, but that's become more popular, more popular yeah. right? You're hedging that you're able to, you know, Finance. have the sellers pay for this cost up front and get a lower rate for the first, you know, couple of years. But affordability is just a thing that there's just no way to, to sell it as like a good thing. It's rough right now. It's just rough. So what are you telling buyers and sellers right now? I mean, what are the differences in what you're telling sellers versus what you're telling buyers in this market? So for my buyers, especially first time buyers, I just, they know, right? Rents, rents are ridiculously high. I believe that the average rent price for a two-bed, one-bath in Salt Lake County is somewhere between $2,250 and $300 for a mm -hmm. two-bed, one-bath. A lot of times, logistically, that doesn't even work for most people. That's a single person, right? Or a couple, maybe. You add kids in the mix. Like, that's not even an option, a two-bed, one-bath yeah. for most people now. So their rent is close to 28 on the low end for maybe a three-something or a four-bed. And so if they're on the fence, I let them come to that decision on their own. Right, you're going to be paying nearly three thousand a month for rent, or you can be paying thirty three to thirty four hundred and own something. I feel like not pressuring my clients into that decision has been a huge part of my success. They just feel like I really am here for you, and when you say go and we find the house that you want, I'm the dog and I will get that house. I'll get it. If we have to have multiple offers, I mean, I thrive in those situations, so I'll get it done. But you need to come to the acceptance, right, that this is the times right now. This is what it's going to be. Nobody has a crystal ball, and everybody likes to say the rates are going to go down. Uh, they're going to be down this summer. And then, you know, we saw a little bit, maybe a month ago, they went down. We yeah. thought, hey, this is great. And then they just skyrocketed <laughs> back up, yep. right? And it killed, it's killed a lot. It killed two deals for me in the last three weeks. So it's just hard, right? So I just empathize with buyers right now. And I think that empathy and like that concern is genuine from me and they feel comfortable because it is genuine, right? It's genuine. And when the time's right, we'll strike, but it's rough. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than feeling pressured. I mean, it's already a tough, tough time right now. Nothing worse than feeling more pressure more pre exactly. coming from a real estate agent. Yeah. Nice to have somebody who's just working with you. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think that's the key, right? Is to not ever feel like you're getting sold on something. Let the client come to that determination that they're ready. And I and 
my expectation, or at least the expectations that I give them up front, is that is that's exactly my role, right? My role is to make sure that those T's are crossed and I's are dotted, and that to negotiate like a crazy person on your behalf in your corner when the time is right, but let them come to that decision like I want to buy and I'm okay with everything that's going on, and then let's make it happen. So I know in this market, buyers are hard. But would you say that sellers are pretty hard right now too in this market? Why and what are you doing to So seller so sellers on the same token. You bought a house in the last five years, let's just use that, right? Your equity probably is decent. Yeah. Very decent. Yeah. <laughs> You're sitting pretty. They're also faced with the same thing. They want to make a lateral move for space or a slight upgrade. Their family's growing, whatever it might be. They're trading their chips that they have, which is a lot, but then you're entering this environment that we have these higher rates that just make that monthly payment difficult. It's just difficult for them. And so I just tell people, I, and I always tell people, I always tell my clients truly, which is counterintuitive right, to how I make money and how I feed my family. Say, hold your real estate. Hold it. If you can hold it, please hold it. Would I love for you to come to me? Plenty of clients. I have talked plenty of my clients out of selling their house keep it. If we can keep it and you can rent it, it's, you're going to be way better off. It's just circumstantial. Everybody's circumstantial. It's like, do you have to move for a job? Do you need that extra space because that next baby's coming? You know, it's those factors that are out of my control. It's like, once again, you make that decision and let's go for it. But this is the environment we're in right now. And they know that. So what do you think some of the most common mistakes are that home buyers make or sellers make in the real estate process? Because, you know, of course, they're inexperienced, sure. a lot of them. I would say with this, uh, recently I've dealt with a few buyers where, you know, their credit is off, right? Mm -hmm. even know. They don't know until they go and get that hard pull and where they're at. And that's huge when we're talking, you know, rates. You know, you can be upwards of three quarters to a point difference, right, based on your credit score. And so I would say to the first time buyers is to make sure those things are in line. I think that's a mistake they make is they jump, they get emotionally attached. They're looking at Utah real estate or Zillow or whatever website they're looking at and they fall in love with a home. They give me a call and they're all Jones to go see it. But now more than ever, you know, agents are not wanting to go out and show houses without, or you're putting the cart before the horse. We got to make sure that your financing's in line. A lot easier when rates were back in the threes for the last few years. Everybody could get qualified. It seemed like, but, I would say getting your finances in order, number one, is probably the biggest mistake I've seen recently, just because of the sticker shock. They think they have a good job, they have good wages, they have decent credit, and then we get down and get a prequal, and they realize, wow, I thought I could have, I was looking at all these $480,000 homes, and I can't afford three fifty, dollars and that doesn't even exist in Salt Lake or mm -hmm. the Wasatch Front. So I would say that's probably mistake number one that I would suggest is definitely get your ducks in a row as far as your financing and credit first. Sellers just have a plan of what you want to do, right? I get that all the time. We've talked about that just, just barely five minutes ago. What is your next step? If you can keep the house, keep it. But if you're wanting to take that equity and turn it into something, and that's your only option to get that bigger house or the next phase of your life, then don't feel bad about it. You know, I think a lot of sellers feel, they do feel that pressure. I think just from an information age, in terms of, you know, keep your real estate. We have all these guys on TikTok and Instagram. It's like, keep all your real estate, keep it all. And that's very true. But that the reality is that's not the reality for everybody. It's not feasible. So 
if you're able to take some chips off the table and get to that house that's going to set you up for the next 20 years of your life, that's an okay decision to have. And I think that there's a lot of reservation in that. And so uh, I would just say, you know, we're here to live, right? We want to enjoy life. It's not all about accumulation. And I have these three rentals and I'm trying to build this, build that. And it's like, enjoy it. You can sell it and get something that you want to live with and enjoy. Well, I know you're really honest with people and I love that about you because you just tell people how it is. <laughs> but how are you dealing with the sellers right now in this market where they think their house is worth what it was worth a year ago? How yeah. do you get them to come down on that? Per- how do you talk them out of that? I mean, I'm direct, right, to your point. A lot of agents will take a listing on, right, that's not realistic or feasible, the number that client wants. And I have no problem saying, this is what I know that I can sell your house for, given all these conditions. I don't care what your neighbor's house sold for three months ago. And now more than ever, because our market is changing, right, in the terms of affordability, comps don't matter six months ago. Like, we're in a totally different arena. And... So just being direct with people. And I think people resonate well with somebody talking direct to them and they can sense, is this guy just trying to sell me and want to get my listing and say, yeah, I'll sell your house for seven fifty, even though I know it's only going to go <laughs> yeah. for seven six sixty yeah. on its best day. <laughs> just being direct and having those conversations with people. I think that once they hear that, in my experience, the guard comes down let them sleep on it for a day. Even a lot of people that sleep on it for 10 minutes, I'll show you. You want to see what, you know, it's always rumors. I get this all the time. You know, I know that sold for whatever. Well, actually it sold for $80,000 less than what you're saying it sold for. Here it is. I'll show you. And they kind of have this bewildered look like, oh, okay. Do you want to sell your house or do you not want to sell your house is what it comes down to. Yeah. You want to list your house and especially now have those days on market just tick up. Go for it. Put whatever price tag you want on it, but I'm here to actually move your house. Let me price your house, not low, but let me price it where it should be. And let me use my expertise to, if I get multiple offers, I salivate at that. I'll pay for myself plus their agent plus more. I've seen it time and time again. Let me ask you about this. The role of the real estate agent has changed, has been changing uh, over the last, uh, I don't know, 40, 50 years. My mother-in-law used to be a real estate agent and, I used to see her go down to her brokerage and that, but that was before the internet, before technology has kind of taken over almost every industry. So how has technology changed the role of, the, of a real estate agent? It's removed the human element in a lot of ways, right? There's a lot of the, uh, there's the term for them like open door, these brokerages that have, even as an agent, trying to get a showing with one of these brokerages where there's technology cloud-based companies is extremely difficult, right? And so, I feel like there is a sense of convenience there because everything right in our lives is going that direction. But I feel like people still want somebody there, a professional, an expert, like a real expert, right? Not somebody with the title, but somebody with the credentials that has the credentials to back it up that has been there to help them through, for most people, that once, maybe twice in a lifetime transaction. But to answer your question directly, as far as how that's impacted, I mean, it's competition, right? Like that's the whole, that's what they're doing. You know, there's smart people that create these apps and these companies that can do a lot of the, a lot of the legwork of what an 
agent can do in terms of even setting up showings. I know some of these listings, the consumers able to go on there and they can send a key code to them and unlock the door remotely. Like they just can do everything remotely. So some of those functions uh, definitely have made the landscape uh, more difficult. But I think at the end of the day, when you have two people that are, that are going to exchange, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars over one sale, you want somebody there that knows what they're doing to look after your interests. And I don't think technology is going to ever replace that uh, in the near future. Well, I, you know, it's funny you should say that because it, it, just yesterday I had a, uh, my wife got into an automobile accident. And I mean, I don't want to push buttons. I don't want to go on the internet. I don't want to do anything. I'd want to talk to a human. Exactly. I want to talk to somebody who not only can take information, but can actually take emotion and sure. understand what I'm going through while I'm going through this process. And sometimes with technology on the real estate side, I think that's what's happening. And I think most people miss that, just like you say. And maybe that's why you've been so successful all these years, is because you're still human. I would like to think so. I mean, it's connection, right? Yeah. You first, a lot of agents, I get this question all the time. Well, Trent, how can I, you know, how are you getting so many deals? How do you have so many closings? Like, what are you doing? You had this, you know, very stressful job. You've done it. You know, how, where is this coming from? Are you buying all these leads? Like, no, I'm not buying leads. I'm not doing anything. It's organic. It's, you know, multiple repeat customers, it's referrals, it's just this network of people because I feel, I know, I don't feel, I know that I've, I create connection with people and I create connection without an agenda. It's not about, I'm going to sell you this house. I could get to know each other first, create commonality and connection. That human element's critical. In those moments, right? In your yeah. wife's car accident, you want to talk to somebody, there is sure. emotion, there is... There's fear, there's anxiety, there's all of these emotions you experience. And if you have a human who understands that and can connect with you and can empathize with that, it's huge, you know? And then you guys can go on your path and be successful and do what you need to do. But that connection piece is critical. It's 100% critical. You got to be a people person and love people to do this job at the highest level. I mean, I love it. Well, now we know your superpower. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> this industry is exciting. It's a blast. Well, Truly. and when you've got all of those emotions running, and then you've got this legal six-page document in front of you that is spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah. don't you really, I mean, don't you really want somebody we're all walking through it that actually knows that document and knows the little tricks and traps in be, in between Absolutely. the Absolutely. You know, it's... This is such a, it's a, it is, it's a difficult industry for agents. I don't know what the stats are anymore as far as, you know, out of that 10,000, let's say, let's use that number. If I think four, it was like four or four and a half from the National Association of Realtors, that's the amount of transaction that somebody's doing. Let's bring that into any other profession, whether it's a surgeon or an attorney, their cases, their actual procedures, you know, it's hard, but everybody's got to start somewhere, Right. Everybody has to start somewhere, and I get that, but it's hard to, when it's your time as a consumer, to step up and say, I need to sell my house, or I'm going to make this purchase, to go with somebody who is a rookie, per se. It's a hard thing to do. I'm not saying that it can't work out, and it works out great. I was once in that point. I was in those shoes. But it's a difficult thing to navigate from the consumer standpoint of who is going to represent you that knows what they're doing, right? Doesn't just talk about it, but actually has that uh, credibility, if you will, to back it up and perform for you. Well, and you don't just sell real estate. I mean, you do what you say 
for other people to do. Don't you do flips? And yeah, yeah. And I mean, I've done all sorts of stuff. I mean, flips, rentals, hard money. Like the whole thing is exciting. I mean, some development, some fun things of the future are coming up for me. The wealthiest people in the world, right? They're not that's what life's about. But as far as like a roadmap history to now, it's and somehow in some way, shape or form, it's real estate. And so I think people can. You got to start with your own house, buy a home. I mean, that's the kind of person that you <laughs> want to be able to walk into a house with you and be straight with you, be honest with you and care about what's really actually going to happen for you and your family. Because it really is, I mean, where you purchase your house, how you purchase your house, what kind of finance you use has an impact not only on you, but your children, your family, potential kids down the road. It's, it's absolutely one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Well, it's also impressive that you're not just telling people to go out and do this, but it's stuff that you've actually done. That's what it's the do what I say, don't do what I do, kind of. Right. Yeah, I mean, you have to, you know, walk the walk. You can't just talk about it. I love what I do. I love getting the phone calls. I love that it's 24-7. Thankfully, with the, my previous career, I mean, that was 24-7. <laughs> so when agents are like, oh, you know, it's 9 o'clock, like my phone's off or 7 or something, I'm like, no, I'm all right, reps, these contracts, answer <laughs> the phone. I mean, I have, I still do. Late. Early, it doesn't matter. It's 24-7. People just need to talk. I mean, you have some of those clients that just, you know, you're more of a therapist to people. And I would say that in full confidence. I tell people that directly. Like, listen, we just got this house under contract for a new buyer. You're going to have a range of emotions that you can't even imagine over the next 25 days if like, that's our escrow <laughs> period. You're elated right now. And I just gave you this amazing news. And we just beat out multiple offers. And you got the house. And then tomorrow you're going to think, what am I doing and what have I done? And then the next day, it's going to be back to elation and excitement. And then it's going to be, we can't do this. This isn't going to work. I can't afford it. You're going to fill all these things. And I tell my, every one of my clients, I really act as a soundboard to help you through this process because I've been there and experienced it myself with my own purchases. And I know exactly what you're feeling. And that's totally normal. And I feel like, you know, just human connection is mm -hmm. what people need, especially during a purchase or a life event, if you will, like like buying a home or even selling a home. I mean, we could talk for hours about the emotional connection that people have. You know, when I when I sell homes, they've lived in it for fifty years. You know, we're talking older couples yeah. that have been there and raised families and grandkids, and or it's a death in the family and the home's been left to a trust, and now it's the mom and dad's house. Navigating it and dealing with those specific transactions with just care and empathy—that's what it is about. I sleep good at night knowing that. You know, I put the best in for everybody. I really do. I feel like I'm there to make sure that this is flawless. At the same time, honor all the memories and things for certain deals, for certain sales that <laughs> went on with your property. And to talk about them and to bring them to light and ask about things and just be genuinely interested in what's going on. Not just you're just a number and you're a closing for this month. It's creating that relationship. And through that, I feel like my business continues to grow and I continue to have people reach out. Hey, you know, you took care of my grandpa or my cousin or whoever, or you're, I'm friends with, I said, you're amazing. And so I love that, you know, that in and of itself, that approval or that accolade or whatever you would, how you would describe that, you know, it's the money is great, but that knowing that those emotions and those feelings are there, with people is awesome. Well, and I think that's one of the things that makes you such a phenomenal 
real estate agent is because most people just say, oh, look, you're buying your first home. You're just supposed to be excited. Right. Don't worry about what else is going on. You're just supposed to be excited. Or, hey, you're selling your house. That's great. And we have tears at the closing table on those homes where people are leaving them that they've lived there. They built it 50 years ago and they raised their kids there. And that's where all their memories are. But they're supposed to be excited. There's... I think they forget that there's human emotion behind those. And I think you acknowledging it is really what sets you apart from other agents in the industry. 2022 was the year of divorce. (laughs) (laughs) The COVID COVID divorce era. (laughs) Oh, the year of divorce. I kid you not. I probably had, I would say, six in a row (laughs) of divorces. And some were amicable and great. And there was one that was... It was intense and something I had never been a part of. And you want to talk about earning my commission, (laughs) buddy. They're both great people, but just that raw emotion in those times when there's like a forced sale and there's animosity and there's, you know, I'm the middleman and the phone calls you would take from, you know, each party of this person's doing this and I, they're conniving and doing this and then, you know, hang up and it's just, you're, you see everything, you know, you see everything and divorce is one of those I think one of those ones is agents out there. Until you experience one of those, like you, you haven't done it yet. Go through a, a an ugly divorce sale. There, they'll keep you on your toes. They'll give you plenty of laughing material. That's for sure. Plenty. Okay, so Trent, you've had success almost from day one. That is so unusual. It's incredible, really. So, what's your recipe for success? I, I actually have a recipe. So, <laughs> Two cans I, of mushroom soup. <laughs> yes, it's basically, that's probably more exciting than what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> this was a few years ago, and people that know me have heard this uh, probably a couple times because they've asked that. And, I, and my wife asked me one night, she goes like, what is it that you do? Like, what is your recipe? Like, directly, what is it? And I thought about that, and I thought, man, how can I come up with some cheesy acronym based what I do. And I thought about what words could I use that would describe that best. And I thought, well, confidence was the first. And no matter what you're doing, whatever field you're in, you have got to be confident. You 100% have to be confident. People can sense if you're not. And they'll see right through it, especially if you're in sales. What do they say? It's like three seconds, right? <laughs> yeah, something like And your first intro. And you're either going to gravitate to this person you're trying to sell to or they're going to just shut you off. It's you lost right there at first base. So you got to be confident. Okay. You got confidence. Second is competence. You've got to know what you're doing. You can't fake it. You've got to know these repsies and addendums and these real, you have to know it like it is truly the back of your hand because in these situations, especially at the height of this competition, that was the difference between agents who got deals done when they had 30 offers on one home and holiday and the ones who went back to their clients and said, didn't get it, on to the next. You've got to know what it is you're putting on paper, how to execute it, and at the same time, not expose your client too much to where you know, they're in a situation they wouldn't want to be, but you have to be competent enough and have that gauge for explaining to your client what's happening so that they're okay in terms of earnest money and timelines and all the stuff. You got to know what you're doing. Third is credibility. That's the hard one. The hard one to get is the credibility because you need the reps, right? So starting out, it's tough. You know, people are out buying leads. They're doing anything they can to get a client. But to get those transactions, you know, 
month after month, year after year, you've got to have that in that recipe. Fourth would be consistency. Just rinse, wash, and repeat. Confidence, competence, credibility, and consistency. So I told my wife this, and she's like, that needs to be like on a poster, <laughs> like in a book. And I was like, no. I was like, I came up with that in 10 minutes, but it's pretty good. So I still roll with it. You it's need my, a motivation poster. my four C's, yeah. The four C's, Trent, Trent Escondon's four C's. So. Confidence, well, this confidence. is the first time somebody's got straight C's and been an A+. Plus. Exactly. exactly, see? Exactly. Well, it also plays out with other agents, too, because you're not just dealing with your clients. No. You're having to deal with other agents. Just like my relationship with my client. My relationship with that agent and other brokers has got to be there. And it's got to be real. And the relationship's not based on, hey, we met at this function and talked. I mean, that's part of it. But the relationship is, I've done, I've been around enough to have done transactions with most of the agents, right? Some of the power agents in this, along the Wasatch Front. And that's what's critical. When I get an offer on my listings from an agent I've done work with in the past, or I know through whatever, I know that they have that credibility piece. And I do my, if I haven't worked with them, I mean, I do due diligence on all of my, on all the agents and every offer I get, that's number, you know, five or six in my line of things that I'm doing in, in terms of going over an offer. Who's this agent? What have they done? How long they had their license? You know, what's their Facebook look like? Stuff like that. I mean, those are things that end up mattering because I am going to go off of what they're telling me in terms of my listing. My client can do X, Y, and Z, and we'll give you the farm and the moon and everything else. If I don't do my due diligence on this agent, what they're saying, how can I go in good confidence and tell my seller, my divorced seller, two of them, <laughs> who this is going to be a nightmare if this falls apart, I need to know who I'm working with. And that's critical. And so the relationship that you have with the industry players is key. You know, so it's just, it's full circle relationships. Well, Trent, this has been outstanding. Well, thank you. I have good really fun. enjoyed our conversation, haven't you, Brenda? Absolutely. I always enjoy my conversations hey, with you. You're Trent. biased. <laughs> I'm totally biased. <laughs> you're biased a little bit. <laughs> and Brenda, I can see why you would be biased. So, to all you listeners, remember, Trent's the guy who can land you safely in your home. Just a reminder for all you listeners, you get to choose your title company. And remember... There's a reason why there's a one in our title.